Good evening and welcome to the Laughing Monkey Music Show. Tonight we have Dizzy Pearl on. How are you doing today, man? I'm good. Good, good. Glad to be on. We are here to talk about all of your books. Actually, you're, you're, you've been putting them all out now and selling them. They've been doing, seems pretty well, according to your Facebook page. And um, I'm finishing up the, the last one in the trilogy and um, I'm really enjoying it. I think... Uh, I think I think my favorite thing is your is, is your your uh, the writing is is more I guess you call it your Stephen King style your your horror story. I think I'd like to see you do that more in like in more books. <clears throat> yeah, it's um it's fun it's fun to be able to uh, release that Kraken and uh, do something crazy like that and and be very visual and graphic. It, it, it's it it's takes some artistry to be able to do that, and I use Stephen King because he's the best example. Right. Of someone that can illustrate gore to your imagination. And I think, I mean, listen to your writing and your songs and lyrics over the years. So you good grasp of what you write, but it does, it seems to really strikes a nerve when you're, you, because you can get so graphic, but you also have a, a real hold on sarcasm and a, and, a, and a light and dark view of life. So in your horror writing, it comes off perfect. That's probably the well, most enjoyable you thing. know i mean i you're reading that third book and by that time i'd sort of refined whatever style i had and, and now you know it's it comes out pretty easy and uh and yeah the books are uh jizzypearl.net that's where you can get them and my first one sold out but i do have the other two available and i'm writing a fourth book and that's kind of it Cool. I had actually read the first one a long time ago and had it. It's been a while. I actually want to get the whole set again. Are you going to have them printed up again so people can buy more? I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it's a lot of money. And and right now I'm doing Quiet Riot pretty much every single weekend. And I just, uh, you know, I, I my plate is full as far as gigging and new music and whatnot. So I, I tend to do stuff in in bits, you know, like write a new record. I pretty much focus everything on that or a book. I focus everything on that or a tour. I work on that. So, uh, that's kind of where I am. All right. Well, I get that. I mean, in the industry of, of records and, and, and books is kind of hard to put things out. I was just kind of curious if that was in, in the works. I mean, I downloaded this actual book. I usually do from, from authors. I usually buy books. Uh-huh. But for this, I actually had downloaded it so I have time to, to finish reading it because <laughs> it's on my list of like 10 other books to read. I'm one of those guys that reads three books at once. So <laughs> it's not the typical Tommy Land thing. You know what no. I mean? I think maybe some people think it's going to be kind of like your regular book, rock book, but it, it really isn't. It's it's actual writing. I mean, it's actual, you know, writing fiction. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I, you know, I'm hoping some people will dig that. Well, you have a, yeah, I, I, anybody who knows you, I would assume they wouldn't think it'd be a Tommy Land book, just knowing you and your lyrics and your songs and who you are. <laughs> it's not usually the person that you are. Um, but in these stories, so is a fourth book going to lean another mixture? Is it kind of a, so, kind of, so Again, kind of working out? half and half, yeah. sort of, sort of <clears throat> personal reminiscences of the musical time, say, of the Sunset Strip in the 80s, uh, along with, you know, straight up weirdo fiction. Which, which is, which is my, my best part. 
So when you're, when you're writing, are you, so you say you're sitting down hundred percent, just writing, are you, you're not just like jotting down ideas. Like, like when you write a song, you know, you put it off to the side, like, Hey, I have an idea. What am I tour? Write a paragraph, put it aside. So you don't forget it. How does writing compare to like lyrics just to your books now? No, it's, it's done pretty much spontaneously. If I have an idea for a story, <clears throat> um, I maybe will jot down a couple of notes and then the next day I'll just do it all in a few hours. I'll just kind of do the whole thing and then obviously revise over and over and over until I like what the finished product is. It, well, that's pretty interesting. So with songwriting, do you just do the same thing when you do songs or you just, do you just kind of. Songwriting, uh, you know, if, if I have a project I have to work on. I'll start with the music first, get my structure and um, arrangements, and then try and get a chorus. And if I don't get a good chorus, then I kind of ditch the whole thing because riff rock isn't my thing. I'm not a great guitar player. Mm -hmm. So I need that chorus. I need the, 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 the payoff uh to continue and then if i get the chorus then the verses are easy your songwriting with is is what's interesting to me first i would say that, that you're you're as organized the way you do it as just because everyone writes differently so asking about your writing together with your your um your music is uh been a question i wanted to ask you about but most people usually write a riff and then they do this and that the fact that you're very methodic about it is interesting. So when you were earlier on with the other band parts, the band members, were you always the same way? Like with like Love, Hate or other bands? Can you do that? Oh, I don't remember. I don't remember. It was such a long it's right. time ago. It's not, it's, not a, it's not a test. It's more the yeah. evolution of your, of, your, of your writing, of you as a writer. Because to me, I'm thinking this is a big picture. Because, you know, your lyrics, combination of song, you're writing a book. You, you know, you just posted recently that, you know, it was going to be a movie. You could have been a well, movie. It's, like writing. it's writing is what it is. To me. It's like anything else. You get better at it. You know, you write a hundred or two hundred songs and then you finally get a good one, mm -hmm. you know, but you, you do the exercise of, of making the cake after about 200, 300 cakes, you finally get something that's, that's tasty. Yeah. You are actually doing it with so like the weekend, a lot of the weekend gate flyouts now with, with quite riot for like until hopefully COVID keeps its ugly head away now. Well, until, yeah, our the next variant. imminent lockdown, yeah. That's what it feels like for everybody right now. I mean, I think the best of both worlds is a lot of the bands, like you guys get to do the flyout gigs and then go home and fly out and still can play out is a good need well, to know right now. It's, it's not easy. It, I mean, it's tiring. You know, you have to sit in an airport and um, sometimes – a lot of times planes get delayed and you're just sitting, I, I, you know, oh, six hour delay to get to Fargo. I mean, what do you do? You got a mask on and, and you're just walking back and forth. Oh, should I go get McDonald's or cause it's, you know, it's not like Whole Foods has a little kiosk in the airport. Well, that's the thing. I don't think it's a glamorous by any means. I meant that as opposed to you being on the bus with you know, like, Every day, well, just driving nowhere. At least you have a break. We can go home and recoup a little bit. Yeah, I mean, they're they're they both have their advantages and disadvantages. Being on a bus is cool in the sense that when you finish the gig, you can go to bed if you want to. You know what yeah. I mean? You can literally go in your bunk, 
and read a little bit of a book, three or four pages, and just katink. Some people can't sleep in the bunks because they're kind of coffin-like, but um, yeah. I never had a problem with it. That looks like, and I know some bands like to just, they go to a hotel and I've heard they like to get, they'll go take a shower and they'll go back and get in the bus and go to sleep because that's well, what they used to. Well, I mean, because it's not the 80s anymore. You know what I mean? We all, all of us rock guys had our heyday of wine, women, and song. I mean, it, you know, that's just everybody. Well, I don't think it's easy by any means. That my whole point is that people expect you guys to go out. And that's one of the things that on the show I've spoken about. It's hard to still get up and well, go perform. It's, it's energy, and do the next man. day. And, and to it's, do it, it's, and, it's energy, you know, you know I, I think that, that fans somehow put us in a time capsule and they want to see the guy that they remember from the video in 1990. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's most people can't live up to that visual. Let's just face it. You, well, you know, time, mun- time munches on for most of these guys. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, you have to look as good you have to sing just as good like quiet riot songs aren't easy so you know i i have to bust ass to uh to hit all those pesky notes which is good it's hard i guess that's one of the things that's hard is being a performer nowadays in, in the rock genres you've got the critics the expectations and everybody else can go to their jobs and change and gain weight and look and switch jobs. And it's okay. That'd be a different job, but God forbid somebody sings a different band, you know, sports teams can switch players. It's okay. But like, you know, you grief, you know, hopefully quite right. Everyone's kind of calmed down enough where they can just enjoy the band. You know, you guys sound great. Well, it, you know, I mean, they, all of the guys have been doing this for a long time and it's just, it's, it's not root. I don't want to say it's routine. It's not routine. You know, but it's like a job. If you if you had a job and you drove to that job, mm-hmm. you wouldn't you wouldn't change your route every single mm-hmm. day. <clears throat> you 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 get on the four hundred five, get off on blah blah blah. You know what I mean? And that's your job, and you do your job, and then you go home. And it's kind of the same with all bands. You know, there's a certain warrant is basically they have to do a certain number of catalog songs. Yeah. They may not like them. Doesn't matter. That's what the fans want. And Dokken and Slaughter and QR. It's the same thing. I mean, you can't do a QR gig and not play Metal Health. Right. You know, you'd be booed off the stage. <laughs> right. And, and right, something I think some of the fans I'm hoping after COVID are, are a lot more loose about the criticism, you know, of, of different bands that do this, that play out, whether the members change or the members look different or they're, they've gained weight or they're too skinny or, you know, it's... There's a lot of people that just get tired and just want to enjoy the music itself. And, and, and the, you know, I just, I, the internet is just something that you can't take personally. I mean, on websites is phenomenal. I mean, the viciousness of it sometimes, but I mean, you can't take it personally. Do I really suck? Am I really fat? You know what I mean? It's just, you just go do your gig and, and that's what you got to do. No, I, I agree. That's one of the reasons why actually with the show we talk about, you know, because it's ridiculous. And there's a lot of fans that don't think like that. Um, you have sang your entire life. Have, have you had to do any changing with your voice now? Because it's still strong. A lot of singers have had issues with their voices as they've gotten older, just because you get older. Not, I'm not even saying, you know, rock and it's, roll. No, it's the truth. I mean, um, there comes a time when singers get older 
<clears throat> and they have to tune down uh, to D. You know what I mean? If, if they were an A440 or E flat, they tune down to D. I mean, ACDC is a perfect example. They were an A440 forever and ever. And only recently in the last couple of years, I saw footage of them tuned down to E flat, you know, and, and Brian Johnson has the hardest job in rock. Oh, yeah. I can't imagine. And I wonder if that so, affected uh, his hearing affected it too. Yeah. yeah so loss, probably. That <clears throat> you can't, I'm certainly not the same guy that I was 30 years ago. I'm certainly not the same. I don't have the, you know what I mean? But it's just, it boils down to, to cardio running, taking care of yourself and, uh, and doing the best you can. You know what I mean? I mean, some guys just don't have strong voices or ever have right. for singing live. Some guys that are really, really good in the studio, but they can't do it live. They can't play two or three gigs in a row because they choke. And it's just the nature of their voice. You know, I mean, I've done five, six, seven, eight shows in a row and uh, I'm just lucky that way. Yeah, you have, a, you have a strong voice. It's a very distinct voice. And it's always been hanging in that pun, like a pun like love, hate. And, but it's been so great because you've been able to go into some of the bigger bands and, and sing and, and, and pick it right up, you know, and it's fit. Your voice, because the way it stands out, like when you sang with Rat or you've done other bands, <laughs> LA Guns, it's you. But with a band, it's not yeah. you trying to be another singer. Because sometimes, sometimes you have other bands have other singers. You don't need to compete. You didn't need to compete with Stephen Pierce. It's great that you no, did your thing. Guys you know what are, I mean? There's guys that are doing more of a, a karaoke right. version when they front the bands. I mean, I've seen it. They, they, they do all the ad libs and the songs and they do the, you know what I mean? And then mm -hmm. it's just, it's not really you. I mean, you have to, it's you up there singing, regardless if it's not your song. So you have to inject a little bit of your own personality into it or else right. you're just a karaoke guy, you know, Which and then it's and like X factor. Just, that wouldn't be fun for me. No. Well, <clears throat> it was a good gig. It was a good paying gig. I mean, I I've said this before that I made more money, <clears throat> excuse me, in rat than I did when I had a million dollar contract with love. Hate. it's the truth no, because, no, heard, yeah. because the record companies, our indentured servitude and you unless you go mega mega platinum you never make any money or they string you out i remember i did this gig years ago and we met rick nielsen from cheap trick and he had been doing cheap trick for years and years and he came up to us and he goes you know what i finally paid back cbs bands get signed to these 360 deals which the basically they take a piece of everything. They take a piece of your merch. They take a piece of your um, everything. I mean, it's just, so the bands, these young bands, they're not, I mean, they already have the odds stacked against them and then they don't make any money. You know, I mean, it's just, it's sad, but that's, you know, the record company and, and everyone wants to be on a record company and everyone wants to be signed because they think that, that's that's the ticket to to you know fame and fortune and it isn't it's just you know it's it's very transitory you're signed for a few years and then you're not you know what i mean they let you go and uh and then you have to fend for yourself you know and hopefully you're not you know saddled with millions of dollars of debt <clears throat> 
Well, the fact that you can be an independent um, artist nowadays and not sign anything and distribute is, and everyone's making more money doing that than having to be stuck with these record. They're like record banks is what they were. They were just a record mafia. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's tough. It's tough for any musician. It's tough for young musicians. It's, it's just because of the preponderance of social media and the way that, you know, it just can influence you and stuff like that. It's just, it's far better for me to be in something known and something that I know and people are going to see this band knowing what they're going to see. They're not going to see, you know, me and leather chaps trying to be David Lee Roth. You know what I mean? They're going to, they're going to see these quiet riot songs played, you know, the way we play them. Right. And, uh, and that's, 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 it's good. I, I prefer that. Well, yeah, I mean, it has a brand, it's a product name. And, you know, like you said, all these guys have been in Quiet Ride for many years. You know, you come in, you can do, you know, Quiet Justice on the vocals. So it's, you know what you're getting when you come in. It's a fun night. Is it is exciting still for you, though, you sing? Is that like still the part of the, the payoff for you when you actually get to go out and play? And yeah, sing? of course. I mean, I get nervous before every gig. I mean, not nervous, but <clears throat> nervous in the sense that you get that nervous butterfly. Mm-hmm you're on the side of the stage and they kick in and you're looking out and there's a big thousands. How can it not affect you? You know, but once you get out there, it's, it's like you're a lightning rod for them. They vibe off you and you vibe off them. And um, when you're in it, when you're in the zone and it's great, it's awesome. You know what I mean? Because you feel like you can do or say anything. I mean, you know, yeah, I know, I know within, within reason, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and yeah, you have them. They're they're rooting for you, and it's great. That's good to hear because you know, reading all you reading what you write. Sometimes it feels like it's you know you've really gone through the ringer at times, and it feels like everything's so heavy. It's good to know that you still get a well, lot of enjoyment from it. I I would never want it to be like I was in a two two in the morning cover band where you're just background music and no one cares right. about what you do and then you don't care about what you do you're basically you know you've got the alien inside you and you're just going kill me well you don't have that and i think you're in a good spot between you do you do have a good band that you're with you're still doing solo stuff too so if you have solo songs you want to write you know a situation comes up you can do an album and you're, you're writing books i have a, books I have a golden up. robot record in the right. can Right. Ready to go. And a fourth book. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, it within the framework of doing the quiet riot thing, which is, you know, which is a, 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 I don't want to, not nostalgia, but I mean, it's 40 years old. Let's face it. Those songs are old, but um, I get to do new stuff as well. So, so it's a good balance because people want to hear those songs. Trust me. I mean, Whatever you may think about Quiet Riot or Come On Feel the Noise, it's it's every time we play the song, ten thousand phones come up. It's a fun song. It's you know, there's nothing wrong with just having fun. You don't have to be, you know, reinventing <clears throat> well, the wheel all the time. Iconic, and it's an iconic song. The album stuff, how's that work out now? You're gonna tour and you're gonna ride this see where COVID goes with Quiet Riot and then well, with the solo stuff. I want to or... play as long as I can. I mean, I, I yeah. don't wanna be Debbie Downer and talk about, you know, any sort of, 
uh, lockdown scenario looming or anything like that. I don't want to talk about that. It could happen. I hope it doesn't happen. I hope it doesn't. I only hope we don't have to deal with that for a long time. You know what I mean? Because we have a lot of gigs. Everyone does. Yeah. All my friends are playing every single weekend because all these shows have been pushed for years. It's been years of rescheduling these shows. So all my friends are playing two to three times every weekend. I mean, Night Ranger's going out every single night. <clears throat> so the longer we all get to go out and, and do what we do for a living is, is, you know, awesome. Well, I hope, I hope it holds off and I hope at least at the very least you guys can bounce from places to place where maybe it doesn't get as bad or other places. I think, you know, maybe we can nip it in the bud here, but like you said, we, we don't know. Um, but the fact you're doing, you're pretty diverse though, but I think you're doing writing and doing other projects is good because I think we've learned now there's no guarantee that people can play out live or tour or the world's going to be the same for a lot of industries, not just yeah, music. I think that, I mean, a lot of musicians have a couple of jobs. They, they don't talk about it, but some of them work for string companies or, or uh, cable companies, you know what I mean? As reps, mm -hmm. <clears throat> they don't talk about it because it's not very glamorous, but they've got a couple of sources of extra income. And uh, the books for me, have been nice in that regard in that uh you know been able to uh to sell them and they've been selling good and a lot of people are rediscovering them i mean not many people are like you that actually had the book a long time ago you know and and go oh you know i already knew about it you know but i mean that it's people's short attention spans so yeah i mean you know unhappy these books were written a while ago and so it is nice for me to reissue them and have some, some excitement, you know what I mean? And have people discover that, that, that I'm, I'm really a writer and I'm not just kind of some two dimensional rock guy, you know, that just can write about chicks and beer. Well, you're a smart guy and you do, but you write about other Although stuff too. Although there's nothing wrong about writing about chicks and beer. I know, but you're, so you're, you're, you, like you, that's one thing you do is you balance both sides. So I think one is always more fun for people to, to follow. And, and the I rocks are life. You know, but, but a lot of people aren't readers, you know, but, but I'd like to, to get them to open the book up. I mean, just even keep it next to your toilet. You know what I mean? And if you, if you've got a, you know, a five minute poo in you, you know, that's, you could get through one of my stories. <laughs> that should be the jacket of the book. And that's the great. story will probably be poo related. It could be. Depends. So, well, the first, the first story opened some eyes for me. I didn't even know down to the background of, um, of it, your, 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 your job there doing the photography there for the, uh, Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't want to ruin I actually don't want to tell and do something because of the exact stories because I actually don't want, I know you've said it before some of the stuff out there, but I want people to discover the stories, like actually go each time, you know, well, for the first it, time it, to know where they're going and not be like preconceived. A lot of musicians have odd jobs, you know, that, that they have to do to make money. Like I drove strippers around at night. I mean, one time, I'll just tell you this one story. <clears throat> and it's yeah. a great story. I was, uh, I got the call that we had, somebody called at some hotel in downtown Los Angeles. And they, they wanted a girl right now. They wanted a girl. And I got my car, but I got stuck in traffic to get to this girl's house. So it took me longer than expected. And 
she was bitching at me. We're going to lose this. Because what happens is at a certain point, the guy in the hotel will just call another girl. Right. So I'm racing downtown. We get to the hotel and we're running up the escalator. I mean, everybody, the girl I'm with, everyone knows what's going on. The hotel right. concierge, they all know that she's yeah, the an first escort. Time. She's an escort. And I'm the long haired dude that's, you know, her wingman. And uh, so we get up to this hotel, and we open the elevator and we, and we rush to this room and there's a dude that looks just like me standing in front of the hotel room. They had called someone else. Oh. That's what I'm saying. They had called someone else and this dude, because I showed up late, this, there was a girl already in there. Wow. And this dude was kind of smirking at me. Because he knew now we're going to make the money and blah, blah, blah. And so I'm sitting there and the girl's phone's ringing from the, from the guy, from the, the dispatcher. You know what I mean? We just lost whatever, three or $400, right, right. blah, blah, blah. And I'm sitting there feeling like a goat. Anyway, all of a sudden, <clears throat> these two big dudes come up out of nowhere and go, all right, let's go. It was a sting like on Cops. Oh. Where they have cameras in the room and they were busting this guy and the hooker. And because I showed up late, we didn't get busted. <laughs> and we just backed off. We saw what was happening. The dude, the, the guy that was me, her driver was freaking out, sweating. He probably had drugs on him, you know, cause it's late night. Right. So he probably had some, speed and we're going downstairs in the escalator and I'm looking at her and she, she didn't want to know. She didn't want to acknowledge that I just saved her. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I was the idiot that was late. We're not going to jail. They're going to jail. <laughs> the, the Mr. Magoo of pimping. That's like uh, totally accidentally uh, saving the day. Getting chased by crackheads, getting chased by knife wielding crackheads, getting, being in a, 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 a very expensive hotel room being chased by some rich Korean businessman yelling in Korean that, you know, but the thing is, is a lot of these guys don't understand that, 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 you know, you can only go so far. What are you going to do? Call the police that you're a married man and you just hired a hooker and the hooker took your money. I mean, right. you're going to end up like Hugh Grant in other words. So it's just, you know, so, when it, you're in a situation like that, you know, they can't really do anything because, because they can't, because right. they can't go to the cops because it'll, you know, it'll, they'll get busted. <clears throat> That's crazy, man. You must be glad to be past that part of your life though. At least looking back, it's good for stories, but <laughs> well, <it> was... <laughs> well, you are as large as you were in the band and not having that financial backing. You know, if you had a challenge, like a lot of artists do have other jobs because there's nothing wrong with it. But what are you going to do, work and then have, like, yeah, if you say you're at Home Depot. I know you've said Home Depot in the past. You couldn't work there. Point is, what are you going to do, be working, even doing your job, be bothered all day by people going, hey, it's Jesse Pearl. You will give you crap about it or want your autograph or, you know what I'm saying? You really couldn't work in a, in, a, in a main job either. I know a guy, I know a guy that was a famous musician, and I won't tell you his name because I don't want to embarrass him. But mm -hmm. he went broke, and he was a big star. I mean, he had gold records. And he ended up having to work at Starbucks 
he was trained as a fucking barista. You know, they put him through barista college. And this is a guy that was on MTV. I mean, more than me. And one day he's making lattes and two of the dudes from Warrant came in, the band Warrant. And he freaked out and ran into the back and hid because, well, because it's humiliating. Embarrassing, right. Yeah, I'm just, you know, I mean, it would suck. <laughs> well, it would, it would suck if you were actually running a corporation and then all of a sudden you're working <laughs> at a Starbucks and all your coworkers from that corporation see you working, like any kind of fall from grace, you know, in some kind of level job. Yeah, I mean, look, most of the guys that were in music that had, like me, that had even had record deals, never made yeah. much money. None of us made a lot of money. We made some, but not a lot, not enough to retire off of, you know what I mean? You just have to be smart with what you have and sort of have your investments along the way and, um, and not touch them. You know what I mean? Just kind of, just kind of have, have a little nest egg because you never know, like, for example, us locking down for a year, came leave the house. No. no more gigs. No more gigs. Who would have thought? No more gigs. No, no, there's no more. And I, you know, and and that's so. Yeah, I mean, most of the people of my genre never made any money. I never made a whole lot of money, but it was the experience. It was it was like being on, you know, a ship sailing around the world and seeing exotic ports of call and having my way with the Tahitian natives and you know what I mean? Drinking, drinking wine out of a coconut and, and, and sailing the seven seas, you know, that's the payoff for what we got. I got to do that. I got to say, and I'm still doing it. I'm still doing it. So that's, you know, it's worth it to me. It's, it's killer. Well, yeah, and the fact that you get you, everyone has some success. I'd like to see I me, mean, like I said, some guys got into IT, some of the guys got into woodworking and sound. A lot of those bands, you know, they had to switch into careers too. And now that it's picked up a lot of these weekend gigs, a lot of those guys are able to just do music again, which is nice. You haven't had to do that, even, you know, lucky. And a lot of guys couldn't write either. Some guys, you know, it's painful for them to write lyrics for a song. You know that. Your peers, it takes them forever to write a song, you know, whereas you seem quite prolific. <laughs> when you want to sit down, and, you know, not everyone can just sit down and say, as we were talking about earlier, I'm gonna I'm gonna write a story. I have an idea. I'm gonna sit down and write. Some people will be like, I'm gonna look and I'm not gonna have nothing all day. Or you know, what I mean, a lot of well, sometimes it's like that. Sometimes it is nothing. You know, I mean, not <clears throat> Elton John once said that he only takes 45 minutes on writing a new song, and if after 45 minutes it's not good, then he throws it away. I mean, I've done that. I started writing. And just stopped because it just—I could just tell it wasn't going anywhere. It wasn't—it mm. wasn't tickling my fancy. So, uh, yeah, I mean, everybody has that. I mean, not everyone wakes up every morning and goes, "Well, I think I'm going to write this book called The Shining." You know, <laughs> I wish—I wish that I was that good to be able to, you know. Now, how about this killer clown? Let's call it it. You know, it's just how amazing is that guy? He's just. It's just amazing. He's like Mozart. He's like Beethoven as a, as a writer. He, I've, mm-hmm. I've never read anything that sucked by him. It's crazy. What was the book he had? Was the, the, the was Eyes of the Dragon or was it, it was almost a little different that he had? 
Okay. Oh, I didn't college. read any of that kind of gothic. No, I read it. I read stuff. that one. He, yeah, that he did. No, he did. It was him. It was. It was still kind of Stephen King. It was a little different though. That's- well, like that movie, the sequel to uh, The Shining it was great. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I forget what it was called, but but I mean, I'm just you know, he's just one of those guys. There's I there's a lot of writers nowadays. I'll buy a book on Kindle because I I'm cheap, <laughs> and and. Uh, and you love spelling and, mistakes, right? Does that make you crazy? I, I no. I look at I look at the um, reviews. I didn't used to, but a lot of these guys that I used to love as writers, some of them just you can just tell. I mean, one star out of five, one star out of five, one. You know, they've just they're rich, and they've they've lost their edge, and they don't care. They can put out schlock, uh-huh. and they know that they'll sell a hundred, two hundred thousand copies yeah. but i that jizzypearl.net yeah. that 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 that's that, that should be stamped on your forehead like bum fights remember bum fights, <laughs> bum fights. that's a sad it'll actually be part it will actually be on part underneath the um the video so people yeah. will say look at you well it will cool see this it. this is right. this has been a, a nice conversation well it was good to talk to you man thank you for having me